Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. You're dang right it is. That means it's Kyle Madsen. That's me. That means it's James Ham. That's him. It's a Thursday, baby. We got past hump day. It's good. We made it. Yeah, (laughs) we made it, Kyle. I'm really proud of us. Really proud of us. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Spectacular. Yeah, man. Kyle, it's a a good day. Yeah, Thursday's my favorite day of the week. Because Friday is like, yeah, you have to come to work. You have to do all that. You have to do all the the work things. It's not a day off. Mm -hmm. But the vibes at work on Friday are always really good. I never feel like I'm at work on a Friday. Like... there's a lot of people who work from home, so the office isn't super packed. Everybody's feeling good. Usually there's donuts or something like that. That, (laughs) (laughs) So there'll be donuts. There's, you know, there's a, it's payday this Friday. So just the vibes are always good. Like I always feel like, ah, you know what? Everything's fine. So Thursday is my favorite day of the week because you get through Thursday and then you're coasting into the weekend. It's the last like real work day for me. Okay, I get so it. I ride. I I begin the Friday vibes early. You are a big Thursday guy. I do, It's my. It, I think it's my hottest take. The Thursday is the best day of the week. That I think it is your hottest take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for me, I don't really know what day of the week it is at all, ever, because when you cover an NBA team, you just kind of go by that schedule. Like I know when Sunday is. That's the mm-hmm. only day that I know what day it is. And that's probably <laughs> that's probably my favorite day of the week. Sunday is. Yeah, because I like to sit there and watch football from hmm. 10 o'clock in the morning all the way through. I'll even get up and watch soccer. And so by the time I'm I'm done, I like first of all, I can hardly get up off the couch. But I've been sitting there from like sometimes from 8 o'clock all the way until sure. like 8 o'clock. Sure. Like Sundays, Sundays have value for sure. It does. Yeah, it's, it's a day that I, I usually like lay low. It's my day to decompress and just kind of get right in the head. I work all day on Sundays, so I'm out on Sundays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wake up, I wake up, I go get coffee, maybe sometimes get a, get a little bagel. Uh, then it's, you know, watching football until Niners and Actives come out, and then I write those, and I'm sitting there watching football until Niner game, and then I'm working until 10. It's like, oof. Okay. So Sundays, Sundays are down the day of the week power rankings for me because of that. Like, I love football, I love football season, but... When you got to work all day, it's like mm, it takes some of the joy. It takes some of the joy out of the out of the football watching experience. That's okay. All. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, like, I don't get all excited for every game night. Like, yeah, of course. It, yeah, I mean, I like you know, I, I go to every game night, but like, you're not just like over the top. Oh my gosh, it's the Kings play. There's know. not that singular urgency that there is with the NFL. Yeah, like yeah, sometimes, totally. like some nights, it's going to be the Warriors and it's going to be super amped. And other nights, it's going to be the Hornets, and it's going to be like. Hmm. I was thinking about this yesterday too, while we were while we were talking. Yeah. That an NFL loss is basically the equivalent of like a four four and a half game losing streak in in the NBA. Is that it? Isn't it like five? I don't think it's a true. Is it truly seventeen five? games? Seventeen, 17 times five is eighty five. Oh, okay. So yeah, four or five games. Yeah, four to five games. Mm-hmm. So if you lose three in a row like the Niners did, it really equates to a, like a 14, 15 game losing streak in the NBA. And that's just, it's a weird thought. It's a weird way to think of things. But you can, if you can correct yourself after a three game losing streak in the NFL, yeah. and if you can rally and, and win a bunch of games, so 
it goes the other way too, right? So if you're on a, what are the Niners on a four or five game win streak? Four. Okay, so the equivalent of almost a eighteen to twenty game win streak <laughs> by NBA standards. Yeah, if they don't if they don't lose again, they'll finish the season on a thirty eight game win streak <laughs> <laughs> by NBA standards. Yeah, yeah, that's that's weird. It's a weird way to think of it. So I'm glad you brought that up because that's I think a big reason why I like the in season tournament so much. Yeah, because like the semifinals tonight, Pacers Bucks, and it's Pelicans Lakers, and I'm like. I'm going to lock in two o'clock is when the first game starts, which is weird, but okay. Two o'clock is when the first game starts. I'm, I'm locking in. I'm going to follow it. I'm going to watch as much as I can. Whereas the non in-season tournament games right now feel like preseason games to me. Like they're on and I'm watching them and I understand in my brain that they affect the standings. But because of the in-season tournament and, and how long we talked about, okay, when is it? It's tournament night tonight, and okay, who needs to win, and what's the point differential, and this and that, and then, oh, the Kings are... Because, I mean, the the Kings are the team I, I, I follow for work, and so it's like, all right, the, the Kings are playing uh, tonight, and it's a it's a quarterfinal, so okay, what do they... What, what's it mean? Is it, and now that they're out, I just don't... I'm like, mm, okay, let's talk in March. Like I feel just, that way about like kind of get there baseball playoffs. Yeah, like once your team is done, you're like, all right, dude. Like I'm not really hanging on to go see Philly and or who was it? It was Texas and and who who was World Series this year? Oh, Texas and and uh, the Diamondbacks. Oh yeah, and I, yeah, I'm like there's no way I'm watching one of those games. Mm. Like I kind of like go past it. So I get what you're saying. Even like the NCAA tournament, if you had like a Big, if you're a, a fan of a specific team, mm. I don't have any allegiance. I went to Davis. I, I like Davis is never in the tournament. If they, if they make the tournament, it's like, let's go. <laughs> well, I think one time they did, mm-hmm. like with Shima Moneki, I think. And it was like a big deal. And you're like, okay, once they're done, you're like, okay. I, like, right. I, I'm, I'm, I don't have a rooting interest anymore. Now, the NCAA tournament, I'm all in to, for like the experience. Sure, 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 sure. But with this in season tournament, it does kind of have like this weird feel where. There are four uh, four teams that advanced, and then there are all these crappy games going around it where you're like, okay, everyone else should stop playing so we can only focus on yeah. what's happening. Yeah. So I think this is an error to their first year. Like, they, they need to clear the schedule a little bit, mm-hmm. and but I don't think that would be fair that those teams that play all of a sudden, um, they don't get a break and everyone else does. I also... And I also feel like because of because of the Kings and the way this has gone down for them, with them specifically, I feel like the Kings haven't played a game in 10 days. It feels like it's been forever since Tuesday night. It's going to be, yeah, like a a really weird break in the in the middle. Like yeah. we don't usually get this many days off in the middle of the season. No. And that's yeah. why that's but there's basketball happening. It's not like the All-Star break where it's like, okay, let's let's yeah. plan sports talk around the All-Star break. It's like no, the like Kings just haven't been in, haven't been playing. Yeah, like the Warriors and Blazers played last night. It was just like, ugh, I just don't. <laughs> who can, I don't, and that's how I felt about all the NBA action because my focus has so singularly been on like, okay, the in season tournament. Yeah, <clears throat> and then no, we I'm get semifinals you. tonight. Yeah, I'm excited for it, man. I have. If you told me when the in season tournament got announced originally that I was going to care this much, I would have been like, I don't believe you. Because when he first got announced, I was like, this is stupid. I was talking to, to Jack Cooley, King's Legend, and they do in-season tournaments. Wait, where's and, my ding? ding? Oh, okay, yeah, hang on, hang on. Let me, I will. Kyle was just hanging out with Jack Cooley. Yeah, I get to do a name drop here. Hang on, I never get to do this. Okay, here we go. So I was uh, talking to my buddy Jack Cooley, whose wedding I attended. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, so I was talking to Jack, and... I, they do. He's playing in Japan, and they do these in-season tournaments. And I'm like, "Is this going to work in the NBA? It, like, is anyone going to care?" And he was like, "Yeah, probably not. Like, it's it's just a thing." And so I just went in going, "Okay, the players aren't going to care, so I'm not going to care." And now here I am. I'm like, "Dang, I can't wait for Pacers Bucks. <laughs> can't wait for Indiana Milwaukee." That is really strange <laughs> that we're excited to see India. And I think the the fact that it's one and done. Yeah, it adds a new element to it. Yeah, it does. Even, even though they're not being eliminated from anything, the the Bucks could lose by fifty tonight and win the championship. 
And at the end of the year, nobody's going to go, well, they lost the in-season tournament, so does this really matter? No, that's very true. But at the same time, I'm like, I want the I want I can't tell you I want the Pacers to win so bad to win everything. I want them to win it all. Oh yeah. Like, see, you like, and I disagree on these things, like, like who you want to win, who I want to win. No, I don't want to build the narrative any more than it is. Like, okay, that's fair. Okay, that's I mean that's that's fair enough. I don't want the Lakers to win, but outside of that, oh, and I I don't know. Well, I'm a big Pels guy tonight. Here's okay. what I want. I'm I'm just. <laughs> I love when people freak out about small markets. Like okay. Nick, Nick Friedle, who I adore. I love Nick Friedle. I would. He's one of the best dudes. The a not even like oh yeah he's nice for a media guy. No great person. Yeah. Like j- love him to death. When he tweeted like oh the NBA doesn't want to see the Pacers in the at two p.m. It's like what? I mean maybe like he might be right. The NBA might be like dang. Was really hoping it would be uh, Boston, Milwaukee, with um, with the Lakers and the and the Warriors. That's what we were were hoping for in the, in this tournament, maybe. But at the same time, why? Who cares? Why? Like, do, if you're, why are they, they playing at pe- two o'clock? It's a very strange. What, the, what in the maybe, world? Maybe because they didn't want to go up as much against Thursday Night Football, even though it's going to be the worst Thursday Night Football game of all time tonight? That doesn't make... I, I did not know that the game starts two hours after we get off the air. Yeah. we So we're kind of a kind of a strange vibe, for sure. But I, I just... I don't understand, like, th- this happened with the World Series. This has happened with Super Bowls. It has happened with NBA Finals. The NBA Finals last year. Going, oh, Denver, Miami. <laughs> no one's going to watch that. Why do you care? Who care? Are you going to watch it? Yeah. Like, that... If you're not going to watch it because of the teams that are in it, fine. Like that's then that's your prerogative. But what you ca- who it doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect your pockets. It doesn't affect anything. No, I agree. I agree. So like I, I'm okay with that. I do think that like the NBA, like if it is Pacers and Pelicans, it's a little cringeworthy as far as markets. But like again, that's I don't, why I want it. I don't care. That's why I want it so bad. You want that? I want okay. the collective freak out of like, Indiana, New Orleans. <laughs> so well, what? And did you did you hear LeBron? Like, No. Uh, LeBron said something to the fact that, yeah, he's excited about the end season tournament because this is where he wants to have his team in Las Vegas. Like LeBron, when he retires, wants to purchase a team and have that team be in Las Vegas. Okay. And so he's using the end season tournament as his platform to to promote this. I think it's interesting. Okay, good for LeBron. LeBron. Good for you, bro. All right, we need to get a break. LeBron's got a lot of money, and he's got a lot of friends with money. He should be fine. All right, we're gonna do a ton of King stuff today because we've been talking about how do you move on from you got to move Harrison Barnes, you got to trade this guy, you got to trade that guy. Okay, for what? We're going to dive into the whole Kings trade discussion. I'm going to tell you what, if the Warriors weren't already cooked, I'm going to, they are now, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. And then a 49ers legend retires. We'll tell you all about that next on The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube, taking you up to noon right here on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader. Now, back to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. I'm so happy you didn't talk about your lost balls on air. Yeah. I'm very frustrated by FedEx <laughs> and their inability to find my missing soccer balls. Thank you. Soccer balls. <laughs> I, I guess I could just say, yes, I've got 16 soccer balls that have been delivered to the wrong address. Like I took a picture. Mm. Of course, the picture doesn't have anything other than like... No identifying marks. The ball is leaning home. up against yeah. a taupe wall. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and you're like, what is that? No unique color, nothing on the porch that would identify it as... And what's worse is I have a taupe wall, but they're not leaning up against my taupe wall. Oh, boy. So, And oh, it's not a, a porch pirate thing. The, the guy dropped them off at the wrong place, and they can't somehow track where he dropped them off by the photo that he took. Okay, look, here's what I want to know. And and thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks for listening on ESPN 1320. YouTube.com slash ESPN 1320. That's the YouTube page. Go hang out there. That's where the chat's pop in. 
and it's always a good time. So we encourage everybody to get over there. If you're there, please subscribe to the video, hit that thumbs up or subscribe to the page, hit that thumbs up on the video. We would, uh, we would greatly appreciate that. So here's my, here's my whole issue with this is this is not like something of value where somebody would be like, Oh, I, I can make money. They didn't drop off a PS five. Exactly. At the wrong house. They didn't where, drop off jewelry. Where somebody's like, score a PS5, which you know what? That's what you can do today at Sky River Casino from noon to four. Yeah. D-Lo and Casey are going to be out there. I think Good I'm going to pull up for a little bit. They're going to be giving away a PS5 along with a copy of NBA 2K24, courtesy of our friends over at Jiffy Lube. So big ups to Jiffy Lube, big ups to D-Lo and Casey out there at Sky River Casino from noon to four, giving away that PS5. Anyways, it's not like someone went, score, free PS5, I'm in. Score the Hope Diamond. I, I I'll take it. <laughs> Somebody went. Oh, this box. I didn't order this. What is this? Just open it. Let's see what's inside. Sixteen deflated soccer balls. I see like, like a couple in their mid sixties. Like, what are we gonna do with all these soccer balls? Right, I just get. We can give them away to all of our grandchildren. I don't know. Like, it has my name on the box. It has the address. Somebody call me and tell me where the soccer balls are. But we got a tournament. We got a tournament that starts tomorrow. These kids have to play with. Uh, <laughs> I'll just stop there. They they've got to go play soccer with some 1983 black and white checkered, uh, you know, like retro balls that their coach decided to buy last year. Sure. Which, which of course have all fallen apart, and now we had all this beautiful set of soccer balls coming, and n- no luck. That's. That's rough. Hey, if you happen to be listening, or if you happen to have a friend or relative that went, hey, check this out. Got a delivery on my porch today. It's 16 deflated soccer balls. What do I do with them? Those are James's. They're, they're mine. Please hit us up. You know what? Here's what I'm going to do when I unlock the phones right now. <laughs> 916-909-1320. If you right. have James's deflated balls, please, please give us a call. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kyle, got, we've gone, got, we've no, gone sideways. No, we're, I'm getting us back on track. I'm not letting us go. I'm All not right, let's, let's go. Sideways. Let's Here go, we go, Kyle. Jeffy Lou is what I'm calling it. Okay. A 49ers legend retired today. Legend, yes. Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold in the Players' Tribune announced that he is retiring from football. And honestly, going to be 100% frank here. I thought he already did that. I'm just wondering, like, when you're a kicker and you retire... Do you like go to one of those places where they they bronze like your children's shoes and just have your foot dipped and just have it just bronzed? Honestly, given how highly Robbie Gold thinks of Robbie Gold, it wouldn't shock me. Well, he would probably go solid gold. Yeah, I think I think you'd have to for sure. Um, no, re- really, really awesome career for him. 18 years in the league. He retires a day after his 41st birthday. It's an unbelievable career. I don't think he's going to wind up in Canton or anything, but he was a key part of some some good Niners teams here in the Kyle Shanahan era. I'm just talking through it. And um, never missed a kick in the playoffs. 29 for 29 on field goal attempts, 39 to 39 on extra points for Robbie Gold in his playoff career. So shout out to him. He named his favorite kick of his career as the walk-off winner in Green Bay in January of 2022 in the divisional playoffs. I think at the end of my career, I'm going to like name the favorite thing i ever wrote and as i walk off no i won't i like i'm i'm confused like like i guess i guess if you're gonna write in the player tribune and like put this out there that's fine and i'd also say like if he was still the niners kicker they would have one more win this season (laughs) at least one at least at a minimum one yeah probably two maybe two yeah the the one in the the missed kick in Minnesota was was definitely less damaging than the than the missed game winner, but yeah, um, not super easy to replace as the 49ers have found out. There's a reason they franchise tagged him and they paid him for six years. He's super reliable, especially in big spots. So like I said, shout out to Robbie Gold on a on a terrific uh, 18 year career. Love it for him. Um, that's like a standard kicker career, isn't that wild? I wouldn't. Not necessarily stand. I feel like when you start getting north of 10, because there's a lot of guys that, because the 49ers have worked out a bunch of kickers and all this other, you look and you go, oh, I've heard that name for a long time. And then you look and they've actually kicked in like 17 games. 
total. Oh, okay. Where they they just kind of randomly pop up here and there. So, yeah, when you, like nine years, ten years for me with a kicker is like, all right, that's solid. When you start getting up north of 15, 16, 17, that's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I saw Mason Crosby came back. He's now the Rams kicker. He signed yesterday. Oh. I think that I think that was who signed. Mason Crosby's been around for days, bro. Yeah. Well, we look it up and it'll probably have played eight years. We'll be like, it seems like it no, was I longer. I think like oh five is his rookie year. Oh seven. Oh seven is his rookie year. Oh wow! So sixteen years. Yeah, he's in he's in year seventeen. This will be when he kicks for the when he kicks for the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, kickers. I mean, there have been kickers who kick for like twenty five years. So like the yeah, Andersons, Morton Anderson. And Gary. Oh, and Gary, yeah. They both kicked. Yeah, you know, forever. And, yeah, until, like, their foot fell off. Uh, who, was, who was the guy, was it uh, Matt Bryant for the, for the Cardinals? Like, late in his career, he would basically, he was on the team, but he would only handle, like, certain field goals. What? Like, oh, no, never mind. It wasn't Matt Bryant. Never mind. He was kicking 50-plus yarders. He was 44 and kicking 50-plus yard field goals. Wow. What a gangster. No, there was... A, I, I, I wish I could remember who it was, but there was an old kicker who, uh, who by the end of his career, he was only kicking, like, 30 to 40 yarders and anything else. They had another guy who would do it. That's weird. So, Morton Anderson came into the league in 1982. He retired in 2007. Oh, my God. 2007. And I think he still had the the lone crossbar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Uh, so he was. My brother was born in 1983. Uh, I was born in 1990, and he started kicking before my brother was born. And he stopped kicking during my senior year of high school. Oh, that's wild. That's incredible work. Yeah. Um. All right. Quick thing on the Warriors. They're cooked. <laughs> no, they are. So I kind of, I kind of already thought that. Like riding's kind of on the wall, right? You don't have a, you don't have a run that lasts this long and continue riding the same three best players and saying, yeah, those are going to be the guys. Those are going to be the guys too. So we've already seen right here in Sacramento, Steve Kerr at work pulling Moses Moody out of the fourth quarter of Sacramento's uh, in-season tournament win, where they came back from twenty-four points down in that fourth quarter. Moses Moody, the only guy who could do anything, who's not named Steph Curry, gets pulled. And Golden State doesn't have anybody else who can score. Last night, they're getting handled by the Blazers. Like, not, oh, the Blazers hit a bunch of shots and took a big lead, and then the Warriors... No, 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 no. The Blazers were just better for most of the game. And then Jonathan Kaminga comes in. Because Steve Kerr finally went, oh, fine, we'll play the former number seven overall pick. Fine. Fine, I guess we'll put him in. And... A, he hasn't gotten to develop because he hasn't gotten that chance. And B, the fact that you have to begrudgingly put in, they are lacking size, they are lacking athleticism and youth, and you finally just, you have a young, athletic, big dude right there, and he finally goes, okay, fine, you go play. And oh, lo and behold, game turns. Warriors win. Anyways, Steve Kerr says after the game, uh, where'd my where'd my quote go? This quote is incredible. Um, Steve Kerr, quote, this game called for J.K., just with Portland's youth and athleticism, we needed to be able to match that and be able to score against our switches. So I was happy for JK that he stayed ready. You needed youth and athleticism just now? Just now? No. Like, they needed just, it just last night? All the time. Like, literally for two years. Yes. They've needed you. And he's like, oh, this Portland team's just too much to handle. Like, oh my God. It's Portland. <laughs> like, that, that, that is wild. It's really tough. It's really, really tough. Yeah, so that's that's the state the the state of the Golden State Warriors. For the two, anybody who gets the two timeline thing is just difficult. No, it's it's it's, tough. it's, it's you can, that can work if it's somebody like Moses Moody who just like dude that's an NBA ready player from day one. If it's somebody like Jonathan Kaminga who hadn't gotten to play a ton of basketball and who had never had to play within kind of like a like a team structure, he'd just always been awesome. Yeah, the, then yeah, he's not going to get a chance to develop, and he's not. Super impactful last night, though. Shout out to him. I'm happy for him. I hope he winds up going to a team that will allow him to get the development that he needs, and maybe he's able to play in an, in an NBA rotation one day. Okay. Anyways, uh, got something else coming up on the Warriors because I want to talk about King's trade ideas. Mm. And I actually think Moses Moody would make a great King. Oh, I, I don't disagree. So I've got that. I've got some other names to throw at you. 
Um, and we're just going to kind of continue our, our conversation that, that we've been, uh, that we've been having about Kings moving on from Harrison Barnes and what does that look like and who do you go get? So we're going to do all of that, but we're going to first chat with our buddy Scott Cobranson from Silver and Black today, uh, an Odyssey original podcast, all things Raiders. The Raiders return from their bye week on Sunday. They host the Minnesota Vikings at Allegiant Stadium. We will dive into all of that with Scott Cobranson because if the Raiders win, they are right there in the thick of the playoff hunt. Huge game Again. for the Raiders here in week 14. No, I, I'm so happy that it's week 14. And we get to talk about the Raiders like that. Scott Branson's next, talking some NFL right here on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson, Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. The Raiders are back from their bye week. Big game coming up against the Minnesota Vikings at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. I am honestly shocked that we are sitting here in week 14 talking about the Raiders playing in a big game where, hey, you know what, they're, they keep their playoff hopes alive. And to talk about that with us, we're going to chat with Scott Branson. Silver and Black today is the podcast. That is an Odyssey original podcast talking all things Las Vegas Raiders. You can get that at the free Odyssey app. You can get it wherever you get your pods. Scott, how we doing, man? It's good, man. Thursday is always my favorite part of the day. I get to spend time with you. It's kind of my Friday because my work week starts on Sunday, clearly. Great. And so always good to be with you guys here and talk about uh, about the Raiders and, and what we're going to see over the last five weeks from this team. I want to make sure we're getting to, to the Raiders, but we will chat someday about Thursday being the best day of the week. That's one of my one of my hottest takes, one of my one of my go to uh, um, hot takes. So uh, we, we will talk about that. Um, I'm not going to get derailed. I'm not going to do it. All right. What Raiders are back from the bye. Um, Minnesota looked like they were going to be a playoff team. And then all of a sudden Josh Dobbs came crashing back down to earth. Is this a game that you look at is like winnable for the Raiders in the sense that, you know what, man, you know what? They should go get this one. Yeah, I, I do think that I think that these teams and, and one of the main reasons I think that you talked about Dobbs, like the, the clock strike at midnight. I mean, such a great story, but it seems like you struggled. Obviously, the turnovers, they just, they're coming off a of bye week, too. Mm. Uh, the loss to Chicago was awful for them. But if you look at it overall and the numbers, these teams are kind of matched up uh, evenly. And so if I'm the Raiders, I'm looking at this as the first of a, a two-game stretch at home, right? So they, they're playing against uh, the Vikings, and then they got to go on a, on a, on a week uh, Thursday. they got to play in a Thursday night game against the Chargers, so a division game. So I think that for them, yeah, it's a big deal coming off the bye. What were they able to do off the bye with that inconsistent offense, which just hasn't even going back to when Josh McDaniels was there, uh, had moments, spurts, all the talent there on offense, and they just can't get it to go consistently. I think they have an opportunity to do that. The Vikings secondary is very young, not terrible, but also it's on the bottom tier of the league. So you have an opportunity, I think, with Devontae Adams, with Jacoby Myers, 
And with Aiden O'Connell, if he plays turnover-free football, I think there's going to be opportunity there. Vikings are good against the run, so you have to get Josh Jacobs going. But at the same time, I think the matchups for the Raiders uh, allow them to open up their offense. We just have to see if they if they plan for that during the bye and they're going to come out and do it. Scott, we've had a, a little bit of a run here with Aiden O'Connell. Just how how would you grade him out at this point? Uh, he's had some ups and downs, you know, four picks. I mean, six picks on the season, four touchdowns. He's at 1,200 yards, uh, you know, but realistically, his numbers aren't that different than Jimmy Garoppolo's, except for he doesn't have nine picks. <laughs> so, uh, but like, how would you how would you grade him out so far uh, early in his career? You know, I would give him a solid B, and I, and I say that because if you look at what he's been able to do, if you look at his decision-making, you know, for, for crazy people like us who cover the sport and we're watching film all week, so you watch the same game over six, seven times, you see what he does, and clearly he's a rookie. He makes those mistakes. Uh, he misses some passes. But overall, his decision-making is very solid, and I think that he's got the skill set there to be an NFL quarterback. Now, the issue with Aiden O'Connell, and I've been arguing with our listeners, uh, I say friendly discussion with our listeners online this week over the NFL and its changing landscape. And and the problem with Aiden O'Connell, if you want to call it a problem, is just who he is. He is not a mobile quarterback. And I'm not talking about a running quarterback. I'm talking about being functionally mobile like you have to be in the NFL today, like a Justin Herbert in the same division. You have to be able to do that. And he's not that. Uh, can he make up for it? He could, but you have to have a really good offensive line if you're going to have a guy back there who's kind of a statue. They don't have that right now. So when you look at his development, I think you're looking at it as a long-term, okay, could this be a guy who could come in and be a spot starter? You want to call it a relief pitcher, however you want to put it, uh, and and develop into a nice player where if you do go out, because I think the Raiders need to draft another quarterback. Uh, and I would even say they can go out and get a third quarterback and put some competition in camp next next year. But Aiden O'Connell, man, it's a great story. He's got a lot of good skill sets, not the biggest arm in the world, but he can throw long. Uh, it's just the consistency you don't find with a rookie. But I give him the B because his numbers have been pretty good. Uh, his demeanor is great for the pro game. Uh, and I just don't think from a long-term perspective with the Raiders at where they're at that he is the answer as a franchise quarterback. Uh, and he's got five games here to prove if he can take the next step before the end of the season so the Raiders can go in the offseason and say, hey, this is a guy we like, at least as a number two, but also as a guy who can come in and compete with whoever we may go draft or sign as a free agent. Talking with Scott Branson of Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast talking all things Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Scott, is Aiden O'Connell the player who needs to if, – if the and again, this is in the in the scope of or through the lens of – the, the Raiders making a playoff run. Is Aiden O'Connell the player who needs to step up the most, or are you looking at somebody else for, for this team to make a run? It's a good question. We, we actually talked about that on our show today, uh, saying, you know, what, what would this team have to do? Because I believe that a, a playoff run would be improbable, right, with what they have coming down the line, where they're at at five and seven. That's what makes the game so big. If they're going to stay, have any chance to, to, to make a run at a wild card in the AFC, which is it, it, just an incredible bloodbath, yeah. um, they're going to they're gonna have to win Sunday. But I think he is the key. He's one of the keys because uh, you're going to have to get elevated play. Uh, it's not all on him, though. The Raiders and their offensive uh, uh, coaching staff, Bo Hardegree, the interim offensive coordinator, they have to get more aggressive. At this point, Antonio Pierce, as the interim head coach, he's on a five-game audition. He's 2-2 two and two over his first four games, beat two bad teams, lost to two good teams. So we don't really know what he's capable of and whether or not he's really going to factor in when the Raiders make a decision on head coach. So I think that they have to go out there. They have to be aggressive. They've been aggressive at times, and it's worked really well, guys, but then they seem to revert back, and that's when they have trouble and they can't convert third downs and they can't keep the defense off the field. The Raiders' defense is improved. It's still a bottom third defense in the league, so you have to get your offense going. And so O'Connell's a big part of that because he's going to have to make the passes that he's, that he's given, and he's going to have to have people like Devontae Adams, who's great, uh, really, I think, catch fire down the stretch here, along with Myers, along with Hunter Renfro, who they've started to use more, obviously, since McDaniels is gone. And then I also think they need to get the ball more to the second-round rookie, who's Michael Mayer, the big tight end. So a lot of it is, I think, incumbent on this offense. If this offense can go from scoring 16.8 points a game to maybe scoring 22, 23, 24, 
a game over the last five games, then, you know, all bets could be off. But it's 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 a tough hill to climb for sure. Scott, I want to shift gears for one sec. And you brought up, you know, that that they lost to two good teams. And one of those teams, of course, they lost to the Dolphins, but they also lost to Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs right. seem to be scuffling. And, you know, they're a division rival. You got them one more time. You got a couple of division games still left. You got Chargers, you got the Chiefs, you got the Broncos. Are the Chiefs a really good team? Or, or because I'm looking at the the final, you know, five games of the, the Raiders schedule, and I look at it like all five of them are winnable games. There, There's not one there that stands out, especially with the way the Chiefs are, as like a game that they just, there's no way they're going to, they're going to compete in. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. It's a great question. I think that the, the Chiefs are a good team, are they? But we're so used to them being better, right? Uh, I mean, if you look at the numbers, they're still top 10 defense and top 10 offense. I would argue the defense obviously this year is better than their offense. They've struggled with that. Uh, but at the same time, it creates some matchup issues for the Raiders with the Chiefs, especially with the running game with Pacheco doing so well and just running like a, a man on fire, uh, the Raiders have not been able to contain the run really well. So so that worries me for them. But I think the Chiefs, you have to always consider uh, Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes still up there. I know a lot of people, because they're not doing what they're used to doing, people think, well, the Chiefs aren't that good. I, think the, I still think they're pretty good. And you can't ever underestimate, as you know, too, I don't care if you're covering baseball or basketball or football, when you get into the playoffs – the experience you have there, especially at quarterback, means a lot. And so Patrick Mahomes, I think you get into the tournament, so to speak, uh, and, and he's dangerous. But, yeah, you look at this stretch, the Broncos have surged. We'll see if that lasts, right, because uh, they play them the last game of the year. And then the Chargers, the Chargers are just a mystery, right? They can't – obviously the head coaching situation is not working for them. Their offense is supposed to be better, uh, and, and, and they just haven't been able to do it. So – I think the, Char the, the the Raiders, if they could beat the Vikings and beat the Chargers at home on that Thursday night game, then you kind of start to think, well, wait a minute, if these guys can put it together, then they have an opportunity. But that division, I mean, between the Chiefs right now uh, and if, if they seem to catch fire towards the end of the year, I still think they're the team to beat there. Now, in the AFC overall, we could have a discussion because I think there are teams playing much better than the Chiefs. The Chiefs are so fascinating to me because I keep waiting for – the the other shoe to drop with their offense like it's Andy Reid and Patrick Holmes like eventually they're gonna figure it out right and then I've said at the start of the year I'm like this is like week three or four I'm like eh give it till week nine they'll have it figured out and now we're sitting here in week 14 I'm like eh they're gonna figure it out eventually like maybe they're just not maybe maybe they've found the bar for receiver play that Patrick Mahomes can lift up and make championship level yeah, and, and you know, we always talk about how Andy Reid is such a master, right? Especially with, with offense and what he's been able to do there. But I'll tell you what, it's you know, you saw that Patriot run, right? And you saw that dynasty, if you want to call it that. Um, I don't think that ever happens again. I think a lot of people thought the Chiefs would be that. Mm -hmm. But I, I think the way the NFL has changed and the NFL has changed rapidly too. I was having a discussion with a colleague yesterday. And who was arguing with me that no pocket passers? If you look at the last nine Super Bowls, it's like seven of them have been pocket passers. I said, yeah, but it's changed so rapidly with the offense. You look at what Miami's done with all the motion they got going down there with Tua and with Tyreek Hill. It's changed quickly, and that's what mm -hmm. happens. And so I think if you look at the, the the landscape and what the Chiefs are, you got an aging tight end as great as Travis Kelsey is. You have uh, not only the receiving issues that you've had problems with, even their offensive line hasn't been as good as it's been in the past. So I think, yes, I think that that the Chiefs are not going to be as good as they were. Uh, and, and that has to do with player personnel. That has to do with people figuring out and seeing it for so many years, too. Because, listen, defensive coordinators, man, they can catch up quickly. Yes. And I think for the most part, they are. And, and so you've got to adapt. And is Andy Reid at the point in his career where he's able to do that? And does he have the horses to do it? It'll be interesting to see when they get in the playoffs, because obviously they'll make the playoffs, uh, what happens there. If they're one and done, then what does Kansas City do? Do they start to think about kind of tearing down a little bit and building back up around Patrick Holmes? It'll be fascinating. Scott Colbranson, Silver and Black Today is the podcast. Uh, Scott, one, one last quick thing before we, before we get you out of here. I know you're not super bullish on the, on the Raiders potentially making a run here. What are their chances to make the playoffs if they win – and if they lose, I'm just kind of going to assume that they're that they're out of it. But if they win, what kind of chances do you give them to make the postseason? 
It's it's a great question. I think, listen, if, I would put it this way. I'm going to couch your question a little bit. I'm right. going to say if they can win two in a row, if they beat uh, Minnesota and then can beat, uh, can beat uh, the L.A. Chargers at home, mm-hmm. then I like their chances a little better because then you, you, you talk about being at seven and seven, and let's say um, you, you can somehow go to Kansas City and win that one. And then you got Denver at home to end the season. The Broncos haven't beat the, the Raiders in four years. So even though they're surging. So I would say, wow, if they can put two together. But even then, guys, we'll, 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 will nine games get you in the playoffs in the AFC? I'm not sure. And with the tiebreakers and all the other things we got going on there, it might not be enough. But it would certainly be great for them, the franchise, uh, and for Antonio Pierce, who wants the job full time, clearly. <laughs> to go out like that. If they could win uh, uh, four in a row uh, after beating the Vikings or five in a row, that would be huge. But man, it's, it's tough to win five in a row in the NFL when you haven't done it in, in, in several years. Yeah. And the AFC is loaded too. Scott, thank you so much yes. for hopping on with this. We appreciate you so much uh, taking time out of your day as you do every Thursday right here on uh, ESPN 1320 Sacramento sports leader. Uh, really appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate you guys. Have a great week. See you, Scott. Silver and black today. That's the podcast hosted by uh, Scott Colbranson, Mo Moten, his co-host. They do a really great job covering all things Las Vegas Raiders. Um, it's an Odyssey original podcast. Get that at the Odyssey app, the free Odyssey app, or wherever you get your pods. I don't think the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. But the fact that they made all the changes they made it in, made in their coaching staff, the fact that they made the change they needed to make in their front office, the fact that they are not just clinging to the Jimmy Garoppolo thing in hopes that he'll figure something out and they're letting Aiden O'Connell rock and they're letting Antonio Pierce have a real shot at being the head coach and changing the culture and getting that team headed the right way. I feel a lot better about the Raiders today. Win, win or lose on Sunday, it doesn't matter. I feel so much better about the Raiders today than I did whenever it was six weeks ago we were talking about how they should probably just start losing as often as possible. Yeah, I do too. Like, this is a team that you know they're they're just really they set themselves up early in the season to be in a bad position. I totally like agree. if you would have yeah. made a change three weeks earlier, would have given yourself an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's about you know you're kind of in no man's land with the draft. It's about building a culture and all that stuff. So I get it, um, but there are also games that are sitting here that you know maybe you can take. Uh, you know, like I don't think anyone on that schedule is playing well enough that you just instantly say, hey, that's a loss. That's a loss. You know, the Vikings, Chargers, Chiefs, Colts, Broncos. Like you can beat any one of those teams. You could also lose all five. No, right. Yeah, they're all, they that's all who feel they are. like, yeah. like not, I don't want to say coin flips. I wouldn't call them coin flips. It's definitely like lean Chiefs, probably lean Chargers on a short week. Yeah. Uh, you're probably leaning uh, Colts. It was a that's that's a they've been a really good team for the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. But again, if the Colts face planted over the next three weeks, would anybody be like floored by that? Not at all. I wouldn't. I'd be a little surprised. Not at I all. Shane Steichen's doing a nice job, but I wouldn't be like floored. So yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm just glad that they've been competitive down the stretch here. Yeah, I think they've given at least you know some sort of avenue where they can improve next season. Yeah, and that's yeah. good. I mean, yeah. I think that's all you're you're looking for this late in the season. Yeah. You know what I'm not looking for Uh-oh. at any point of the season? This Patriots-Steelers game tonight. Nope. There was a time not that long ago where Pat Steelers was like, oh, heavyweight fight, AFC championship game preview. This is a showdown. It's Bill Belichick against against Mike Tomlin and Tom Brady against Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, man. Oh. The over-under on this game tonight. Because I know you, listener, are like, Patriots-Steelers, those teams can't score any points. The Patriots have held their opponents to less to 10 or fewer points in three straight games, and they've lost all of them. (laughs) The Steelers fired their offensive coordinator who was holding them back. They've scored 20 points in two games since doing so. So, Total? Yeah. Oh, wow. In the two games. Yeah. Tough. Tough look for our Steelers. Yeah. The over-under for this game tonight. Now, keep in mind, it's on a short week. Two struggling offenses. The over-under is set at 30. <sighs> to give you, to give like context, when it's pouring down rain and it's going to be windy 
and one team starting its backup quarterback and the other team has an awesome defense and oh my god you'll see a low total and it'll be like 36 and a half 37 38 in these awful conditions where you're like man i don't know how anyone's gonna score points and the total tonight is 30 what if i told you i would take the under i think that's the right move I, I think I would take the under. Here's here's why I would here's why I would lean the under here. If you're if you're betting, if you're not familiar with sports wagering, the book sets an over under, which is the total points scored. So you either bet whether you think it's going to go over or under that mm-hmm. total points. It's easy. Anyways, <laughs> I would take the under here because if you bet the over and it's ten to six. You're going to be sitting there like, you idiot. Of course. Of course it was 10 to 6. Whereas if I bet the under and it's 20 to 13, it's like, ah, all right. Someone got in the end zone. Win some, lose some. Yeah, you know, whatever. But if you take the over on this game and it goes under, you're going to feel real dumb. And that's that's how I go about my wagering. Okay. What's going to make me feel the least amount of stupid? What I would prefer to do is just not watch and and watch end season tournament. Yeah, no, I'll definitely have the end season. I think this is going to be. I'm not even going to go laptop on this tonight. This might. This is going to be a phone screen one. This is going to be one where like the phone is on <laughs> is on the coffee table, and every once in a while I'll look down and go, "What's happening here?" It's like my own version of Red Zone. Only I'm doing anything else, and then every once in a while check in on the game, like, "What's happening here?" Oh. Yeah, I think on second and eighteen at their own twenty. All right, here's a punt. Yeah, go do something else. I just think it's really weird that we'll already have one basketball game in the books by the time that game starts. Yeah, one end season tournament game done. A two o'clock tip is really uh, for the NCAA Las Vegas for like, the NCAA tournament. I get it because <laughs> they got to fit a million games in, and that's just like the time of year. It's springtime. It's March. Everybody's got their brackets. You're sitting there at work with. Every TV's got games on. It's like, this is the vibe. I love this. Watching hoops at 2 p.m. on a Thursday? Like, did they have like, it hey, feels fake. we need you guys out of here early. We've got uh, Cirque du Soleil training scheduled at 9 o'clock tonight no, I'd be fa- in I, the building. Yeah, I, no, seriously. I'd be fascinated to know what the impetus was behind this schedule. I bet you it has something to do with the NHL fl- uh, ice under the floor. Like, they're, they've got to have, like, there's got to be a game this weekend, but they need a certain amount of time to to get the ice ready. Mm. That's what my guess is going to be, that it's got to be something that related. Sense. Yeah, That makes sense. Either way, it, it doesn't make any sense that you would have a game that early. I, I like that. That's just play it somewhere. Yeah, because else. even if even if they're worried about like the timing, even if you go five and seven thirty, the the seven thirty game's over before ten, and you're in Vegas. Like you're yeah, good. It's almost like there's a party they all have to go to that we're not invited to. Right. Kyle. Ten, 10 p.m. in Vegas might as well be four p.m. Yeah, you're good to go. So I I think that's a good call. The ice the ice deal. Yeah, it's got to be something. I, I don't know. Although no, because they've got a final. They're on Saturday. I don't know. That's true. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm going to have to look up the hockey schedule now, which is something that I never thought I would do. And now there's going to be like hockey schedule, like in my search. So now I'm going to get like weird hockey updates and all of my ads. And I'm going to be very frustrated by this whole entire thing. Huh? It's okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're just going to be locked in on the Las Vegas golden Knights. That's it. it. Probably not. Because I know I, I know some of their owners, so probably not. All right, I got a couple of things to tell you about. D'Lo and KC coming up after us, as always. They are live today at Sky River Casino at Blue 32. Head down there, hang out. It's a live show. It is a ton of fun. They have a really good time with it. They're going to be giving away a PS5 and a copy of NBA 2K24, courtesy of our friends over at Jiffy Lube. So please go down there, not only to watch and enjoy the heck out of a really good radio program, but uh, also try and win yourself or maybe your child or your friend or your sibling or your parent a PS5 with NBA 2K24, courtesy of the homies over at Jiffy Lube. Jiffy Lube is what I'm calling it. That's what I'm mm. calling it. Indeed. And you know we love Jiffy Lube because we're not even getting paid to do this. There it is, Kyle. Am I right? There it is. All right. 
ESPN 1320 and Kiki's Chicken in the greater Sacramento area are trying to make Christmas brighter for kids this holiday. It's like we're trying to do that, giving away PS5. Kiki's Chicken in the greater Sacramento area is doing the most here, and this is really, really cool. All you have to do is drop off a few new unwrapped toys at any Kiki's Chicken place in the greater Sacramento area now through December 16th, uh, and all those toys stay local. That's the cool thing that I like about this. It's not just going to some foundation and they go throw it in a warehouse and you never know what happens. These toys are going to stay here in Sacramento and they're going to be distributed by Stanford Sierra Youth and Families to uh, youth in in the Sacramento area. So super cool that Kiki's Chicken Place is doing this. Uh, there's a huge need for presents, by the way, for kids 12 to 18 years old. Like So many of the gifts are often for, for really young kids. Got to remember the 12 to 18 year olds. Um so so please keep that in mind if if you are going to donate we would appreciate that greatly you can join us for the odyssey sacramento crew on saturday december 16th at kiki's chicken at 5120 auburn boulevard and sack from 11 a.m to 1 p.m for a special collection day please drop by and say hi i have to go to oakland and then come back to sacramento on saturday i am still coming up to sacramento saturday morning boy and i'm gonna hang out at kiki's chicken that's for a special donation yeah dude it's christmas time it's my favorite time of year and if I can help take part in, in this really cool event, then then I'm definitely going to do that. So uh, shout out to Kiki's Chicken and, and everybody here at, at Odyssey Sacramento who's going to be out there. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 5120 Auburn Boulevard in Sacramento. Thanks for helping Kiki's Chicken and ESPN 1320 make Christmas brighter for kids this Christmas. All right. We got to hit a break. When we come back, I want to dive into this whole Kings trade thing, and there's nobody better to talk about it with than you, James. So, frankly, that's what we're going to do. I'm not texting people. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not DMing people. I'm going to ask the source. I'm asking James Ham. We're going to talk NBA uh, Kings trades. Who needs to go? Who do they need to bring in? And do those two things line up? I think that's a big question that we'll try and answer next on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Center. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 